And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and we're back again, Raptors fans, with another interesting podcast. I'll say that. But at least, again, hey, no moral victories, but that one was close. And I'm going to say this right off the top. At some point this season, and I know he's done it in the past. I'm fully aware of Pascal's resume. I watched the finals. I know what happened in game six of the finals. I get it. But I'm just saying at some point this season, Pascal Siakam is going to hit a game winner and the celebration will be epic. I mean, that shot at the buzzer. First off, the play call being down three and you setting up that play not for Kyle, not for Norm, not for Freddie, but for Pascal. I mean, that's Nick Nurse telling you a lot there. And Pascal is feeling good, so I'm not mad at the play call at all. Definitely not. And I mean, it rimmed out. And it looked like it spun around, it was about to fall in, and then still popped back out again. Like, absolutely insane. Tough break for Pascal Siakam and the Raptors, but they lose their seventh straight game. First time that's happened to this franchise since January 2012. That, my friends, is a very long time ago. And... 115, 112, the Raptors lose. Donovan Mitchell was just cold down the stretch. Like, and I, I don't mean cold, I mean like cold blooded. <laughs> My guy, 31 points, eight of 20, not that good from the floor, right? But here's one thing I'll say. Okay, here's one thing I'll say. Donovan Mitchell with four, or sorry, 12 fourth quarter points down the stretch. One of the, the, the things we talk about all the time on this pod is what do you do in winning time and the difference between su- stars and superstars. And what I saw from Donovan Mitchell in this game, and don't worry, we'll get to everything because I know people are mad and upset about the calls. I get it. But what I saw at the end of this game from Donovan Mitchell, wow. Like he wanted the smoke. And that, not only did he want the smoke, but he delivered. So to watch my guy demand the ball, want the ball, take all the big shots down the stretch and come through for his team. Wow. That was a level that, you know, I know Donovan Mitchell was at. I I understand he's been playing really well, but still to watch it happen in that point where I thought the Raptors had this game. Got to give my guy credit for that. And I know people are going to talk about the refs. And normally I'm not one to come up here and and blame the refs and say the refs cost the Raps a game. And I'm not going to do that in this game. But I will listen to your arguments because I know people are fired up. I know people have a lot to say. And as I, as I always say on this pod, and it's the truth, this is your podcast. So I want to hear from you guys and let me know whatever you're thinking Wherever you're watching this podcast live, remember the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is, please send in your comments and questions wherever you happen to be watching this. If you are live on Twitter, send in your comments and questions. If you are live on Instagram or YouTube, please send in your comments and questions. Just search Sheldon Alexander or On Blast Podcast and you'll be able to find the links. Wherever you happen to be, we come to you, the people, to hear what you got to say after a game like this, because I mean, 
first off, Pascal, man. I feel that one for him. I definitely do. But also, in a bigger in bigger news to me, OG Ananobi. Back in the lineup for the Toronto Raptors, which was a huge, huge, huge deal. And OG looked good in his return. Played 34 minutes, 6 of 8 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 4 steals. OG was a... He was a pest on both ends of the floor, but on the defensive end, had a huge block on Gobert. My guy's in there banging with the trees, getting rebounds. Like He was doing a little bit of everything, and it was great to see OG and what he means to this team on the defensive end because we talk a lot about offense. It's easy to talk about offense because you can look at a box score every day and use that as a baseline to say, hey, this guy played well or this guy did not. OG Ananobi, you saw him, the 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 difference in this Raptors team with him in the lineup and just the next level they're able to take it on defense. The thing that I was also interested in seeing though with this return to, you know, a full strength Raptors team was what lineup Nick Nurse was going to go with. And he decided to say small. And we haven't really seen that much of this lineup because right as everyone got healthy and then they went to this lineup, OG then got hurt, and then we know what happened with the health and safety protocols. But went back to the small lineup, which I've been for the entire time. Just play your best players. So you got Kyle, Fred, Norm, OG, and Pascal. And the beauty of going small is you keep Boucher coming off the bench, which I think is good for him, and it's good for the team. Because no matter what's going on in the game, he's coming in and giving you energy. And you need that boost. You definitely do. So OG back in the lineup, and I thought he had a really good start. His game was just, you know, he had that mid-range going, hitting a little step back. I thought just seeing a lot of things from the reps and seeing everybody just back with the squad, everything just opened up. Everything just seemed normal. You're seeing the drive and kicks more to, you know, what Nick Nurse was talking about when they were dealing with all these bench guys getting minutes. Those wide open shots that some of those dudes weren't able to hit, well, now those wide open shots in the corner are back to being OG shots or Pascal shots or Norm shots. And you saw that come to fruition because the Raptors started out six of 10 from three. And then, of course, as mentioned, Boucher comes in and Boucher's giving you the energy. Back to back threes from Boucher. Kyle finds him on the pick and roll. But most importantly, this Raptors team, when you're able to throw out Pascal and OG and Kyle and Fred and Norm, those guys play defense. And that was the key early. The Raptors defense and turning that into offense and easy baskets. Because when you're you're playing fast break, you're going defense to offense, you get down the court before the other team is able to set up their defense. And especially when that other team features a seven-foot shot-blocking monster like Rudy Gobert, Getting down the floor offensively before the defense gets set is so much more important. And you saw that from the Raps. So they led after one quarter, 27-23, Boucher with eight points, Freddie with seven. And one thing to pay attention to is just Fred Van Fleet and Pascal in their second game back. You, I saw moments where I thought you could tell Freddie was tired. He was losing his legs a little bit. And that's to be expected. We talked about that last pod. But overall... I thought both of them looked better, which was key and needed against one of the top teams in the NBA. And while we're here talking about the Jazz, I know Utah Jazz, I feel as if Raptors fans should be able to appreciate the Utah Jazz 
on a different kind of level, right? Because the Utah Jazz are the best team in the league record-wise. The Utah Jazz are, if I'm not mistaken, the only team to have to be in the top five offensively and defensively in the league, which is incredible. They shoot threes. They shoot a lot of threes. Their offense is great. Their offense is always kicking, but you have Gobert, a reigning or a perennial candidate for defensive player of the year. They are a well-rounded team, but because they're in Utah, because Donovan Mitchell is still young, his name is starting to get out there. And obviously the playoff battle last year with Jamal Murray in the first round helped a little bit, but still he's not a superstar superstar yet in the league. But what I'm saying here is they don't get the big time pub. They they're often disrespected, you know, or I'm sure their fans feel disrespected. And I'm just saying, Maybe Raptors fans can kind of, you know, relate to that feeling when you see the Utah Jazz and not many people talking about them. You know, there's so much going on. We had Shaq early on in the season telling Donovan Mitchell he thought he was good, but he didn't think he was good enough yet. You saw the disrespect at the All-Star game with the All-Star draft in which LeBron, like, go back to that for a second, right? LeBron blatantly says, I need some size. There's three people left on the board. One of them being Rudy Gobert. LeBron says, I need size. And then he takes Sabonis, leaving the two Utah Jazz All-Stars to be the last two picks in the draft. Then when he's called on it, he then says, you know, it's Utah. And even as kids, we didn't really play with the Utah Jazz in video games. (laughs) And as much as that might be true, You can't say that, can you? Or I guess it's LeBron. He can do whatever he wants because that part's true too. But I just found that hilarious. And the, the level of disrespect the Utah Jazz must be feeling this season despite how well they've been playing. Raptors fans can definitely relate to that. And so this kind of leads me into this discussion about the refs. Because I know Raptors fans are upset about the referees and the bad calls And I get all that. I definitely do. But there were enough things in this game where you can't solely blame the refs. And you got to understand and maybe give credit. I don't know if credit's the right word. I mean, you look at it and the Jazz were 35 of 41 from the free throw line. The Raptors were 11 of 14. Again, the Raptors were 11 of 14. Donovan Mitchell himself was 15 of 16 from the line. So you look at that and you say, wait a second, the Jazz shot more free throws. They shot 41 free throws in this game. The Raptors attempted 14. That's a drastic, drastic, drastic number. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I agree with all the calls the refs made. I don't think those calls were good. But I choose to look at it from a different angle. And I'll say, Donovan Mitchell, you got to give him credit because no matter what, he was driving to the basket consistently and forcing the refs to make the calls every single time. And this brings me to my next point about the Raptors. Because in winning time, you knew where the ball was going. Yes, Donovan Mitchell was getting calls all the time, but he was that identifiable player on that team that's going to get those calls. With the Raptors... And we saw it a bit here and there, but again, I'm going to highlight winning time. At certain points, there's some standing around kind of looking at, okay, well, whose turn is it? And if that's the case, who's the ref giving the calls to? Because 
Pascal shot 10 free throws. Norm shot eight free throws. Like those guys are getting to the line. I don't know how many more free throws you want those guys to be averaging, but you have to also remember, and I, I hate this about the NBA. So I'm hoping that I'm able to articulate myself well enough to explain this. While I don't agree with all of the foul calls, I do give Donovan Mitchell credit for putting the refs in a position where they have to make some of those calls. They have to. My guy's just driving to the basket and throwing his body into defenders. And 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 on top of that, because it's something we talk about all the time with Kyle Lowry or if it's Freddie, he's finishing through the contact. Like that play he had late where he got that and one, that's a tough, tough, tough bucket. And I know the free throws are terrible and that's a tough, place to be if you're the Toronto Raptors to try to come back against the first overall team in the NBA and also such a discrepancy of free throws and I get that the thing to remember though while we were talking about the disrespect the Utah Jazz have been feeling they voiced a lot of this too right like right before the all-star game there was a tough loss I want to say it was against the Sixers that they had and both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert blatantly came out calling out the refs and talking about how their team, they feel that their small market team is disrespected by the refs all the time. (laughs) So I, I say all that to say how ironic is it now for Raptors, the Raptors and Raptors fans to be watching that game against the Utah Jazz and being in a position where they're like, I can't believe we couldn't get calls against the Jazz while the Jazz were getting every call imaginable. The NBA is a crazy place. It really, really is. But let me finish up with just going through the game. And then, of course, I'll get to the comments. So, please, I see all the comments pouring in on YouTube. If you're on the Instagram feed right now, go to the link in bio. That'll get you to the YouTube stream where all the comments are. And a great conversation there as, you know, we continue to build a nice community. Right? We continue to build that community. And I appreciate you guys for that. Um, But where were we here? Let's go to the half. Right? So, Finishing out that second quarter, as mentioned, OG with a huge block on Rudy Gobert. Um, There's a little moment where I don't know if Fred and OG had a little disagreement, I'll say, where it looked like, well, Freddie took a really deep three, contested deep three, while OG was wide open with the matchup. He was either, I mean, you could call him open or you could say that he had an advantage, let's say. And it looked like on the way back down the floor, OG had something to say to Fred. Fred had something to say back to OG. And then as they went to break, it kind of looked like they might, OG might have been a little mad and someone was maybe holding him back. I got to watch that tape again. But in the moment, I was like, whoa, 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 what happened there? And again, I'm not blowing anything out of proportion because let's be honest, it's basketball, it's sports. People have disagreements like that all the time. It's not that big of a deal. But. I just found that interesting. And I wonder if, you know, maybe we'll check the post-game comments and see if anyone brings it up. Or if maybe I'm just digging too deep and listen too much to too much Bill Simmons being the body language expert. <laughs> but let's keep things going. Right as I was about to say that Freddie looked really tired in that second quarter, he hits that buzzer beater. And it was crazy because at that point, the Jazz really started to get things going. Angles came off the bench. He was hitting threes. He was four or five from three to start that game. Four or five in the quarter, pardon me. Connolly was hitting threes. Bogdanovich was hitting threes. And so if Freddie hits that three late, 
which was huge because that ends up cutting the lead to just one. Freddie at 15 at the half. Ingles and Clarkson leading the way for Utah. Ingles with 14, Clarkson with 8. And in that third quarter, Spicy P was getting the job done. 11 points for Pascal in that third quarter. The Raptors started off the quarter 8 of 13. They were shooting well. And as well as Utah shot in that in the first half and especially the second quarter, they didn't hit a three in the third quarter. And the Raptors did a good job of getting buckets, getting everyone involved. And the only reason Utah still led was because they were on the glass. They were missing shots, but they were using their height advantage and taking advantage of the lineup the Raps had out there, which, hey, this is... Let me finish the point. They were taking advantage of the mismatch of Rudy Gobert playing against a Raptors team that didn't have a true center out there, right? And so Gobert was out there on the glass. Even Royce O'Neal was getting on the glass. Favors came in. He was on the glass. The Raptors were minus 15 on the boards through three quarters. And that's tough. That's a tough advantage to overcome against a really, really good team. But again, the point has to be made. While the Jazz were missing shots and the Raps were making shots, the Raptors still found a way, or sorry, the Jazz still found a way to keep in striking distance, I mean, they were winning still because they were getting on the glass. And in that fourth quarter, fourth quarter is where things became interesting. Raptors were down two heading into the third. Ingles and Clarkson continued to do it for the the Jazz as they were hitting threes to take the lead. Connolly found Gobert, part of a 9-0 run for Utah. And at that point, they were up nicely. And Fred Van Fleet and the bench unit they didn't really have it. We saw Malachi Flynn get some minutes. He didn't really do much. Then Gobert, again, on the glass, taking advantage of his himself dominating the paint, extended the lead to 10 points. But this Raptors team, if you follow this team over the past few years, you know what they're capable of. And they didn't just roll over despite being down 10 points in the fourth quarter. They decided to come back. And how do they do it? With defense. OG checks back in, comes up with a huge block, then knocks down a three at the other end, wraps with their own 8-0 run to cut the lead to two. And then things got really interesting because Leo was talking about it during the game that eventually it was going to be Kyle time, right? And what ends up happening now when the Raptors are at full strength, Kyle can pick his spots now a lot more and he can sa- he can save a little more juice for the very end of the game. Right, And that's what he did in this one. He wasn't really doing much early, but then that fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter came up, and Kyle Lowry just took over. He hit a huge three, then hit a floater in the lane to cut the lead to one. Kyle then running the pick and roll with Pascal. I'm going to emphasize the roll. (laughs) Pascal then got fouled, hits free throws to give the Raptors the lead. Kyle's still doing more, getting a rebound, finding Norm for three. Eight points for Norm at that point in the quarter. Raptors were up two. Then Kyle hits another three. It was just, I don't know. Kyle Lowry in that moment, it's him picking his spots. Is he the same Kyle Lowry that we're used to watching just in terms of being able to carry the team from night to night? No, but he's still a guy where he's going to give you the charges. He's going to play good defense. He can lead your team. And then when you need some buckets late or you need someone to make plays, he can do that. So the Raps at one point were up three, super late in this game. And one key thing was, I don't really get the challenge that the Raptors 
did at the end of that game. I wasn't really sure what that was. And maybe I missed something on it. So apologies if that's the case. But the Raps using that challenge ended up costing them. Because while the Raps were up three, they run the pick and roll. Siakam didn't roll at this point. He popped. Then he got the ball on the perimeter and tried to take Gobert one-on-one. Settled for a tough step back, like mid-range shot over Gobert. He missed that. And then from that point on, it was a Donovan Mitchell show. And I'm going to go through this, right? Because Donovan Mitchell had 12 points, as mentioned, in the fourth quarter. My guy, with the Raptors up three, Mitchell came down the floor, drove into the lane, faked as if he was going to throw the lob to Gobert, but takes a contact and then finishes through contact for an and one to tie the game. Raptors come back down the floor. Kyle takes a three. It's not good. And again, it was one of those things where you could tell the Raps were kind of looking around, trying to figure out, okay, well, who's going to take the ball? Or as I like to say all the time, who wants the smoke? We know Kyle does. Kyle took a three, missed it. It didn't go in. Mitchell then comes back down the floor, and there's that mid-range game. While the stat nerds keep trying to tell you it's a bad shot, it's a practice shot for for high-level NBA players. And again, in crunch time, can you stop my best move? Mitchell with the two-dribble pull-up, hits the two to take the lead. Freddie comes back the other way. He takes a deep three, misses. Then Mitchell comes back the other way. He gets fouled free throws to take a three-point lead and then you know trade more free throws wrap score a quick basket and then we have that final possession where Pascal Siakam I mean an interesting play call he got a great look and the shot just rimmed out and I want to know what you guys think of that last second shot Uh, so send me that in the comments as well but as mentioned Raptors fall in this one 115 to 112 to the Utah Jazz Raptors losing their seventh straight game. Again, Donovan Mitchell with 31 points on 8 of 20 shooting, but 15 of 16 from the line. Pascal with 27 points. OG with 15 points in his return. Let's get some comments, though, because I know you guys are very fired up, so let's get to that. Aaron says, Shaq called Donovan Mitchell out as well. What games was he watching? Totally agree, but on this pod, we tell you all the time. Shaq doesn't really watch all these games. Shaq's on TV because he's Shaq. Shaq's not on TV because he's breaking down games or he's breaking down game tape or watching the Utah Jazz, right? Shaq's on TV because he's Shaq. That's it, right? There's not much more to overanalyze other than that. And I'm saying this as someone that loves inside the NBA. And for me, it's like once you understand what they're doing or you get the bit, for lack of a better term, you'll enjoy that show a lot more. If you're there thinking that Shaq has like some great insights that he's going to break down and give you, kind of looking at the wrong places. That's just me though. Just one man's opinion. Let me switch over to YouTube. YouTube, I see the chat filling up. Appreciate all of you. Uh, First comment just says, heartbroken. Fair enough. Totally understand that. Owen says, I don't care if we miss the playoffs. I don't care if we finish in uh, last in the league. All I need is Pascal to make a game winner and my life will be complete. <laughs> Yo, I hear you. I hear you. That one looked so close. I thought that one was going in. I thought it was going in and so did everyone else, right? You, you saw the, the shot they had on the bench reacts and it just didn't fall. Uh, 
more comments though. Looks like Eric Flynn successfully bullied Nick Nurse into playing Malachi. I'm not mad. He needs to develop. Might as well start now. This season is a wash. I wouldn't be so quick to give up on the season just yet. I just think you get one good win streak in what's going on right now in like just in that division. It's so close. You're one good win streak away. And hey, you play a back-to-back against the Rockets who have the worst losing streak in the league and the Cavs. It's two winnable games for the Raps. So let's see how you feel after these two next games coming up. And we'll see what happens then. But I wouldn't give up on the season just yet. In terms of Malachi Flynn, I mean, yeah, he got to play. I get it. But Nick Nurse is still searching for anything, for anyone who will give some solid minutes off of that bench, not named Chris Boucher. And so everyone's gotten their shot. I don't think people can complain about not getting a chance to play off the Raptors bench because whether you're Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, you know, Stanley, Bembry, I don't know how Bembry all of a sudden isn't playing at all, but you know, all these guys have gotten opportunities to play. You got to give Nick Nurse that. Glow Girl Smile says that was another tough loss. Siakam's last shot popped out. He had a chance for three, for a three, but drove it in and got blocked. He should have just shot it. I think Powell should have gotten the last shot. That's an interesting point. I wonder, I want to know what people think. Who should have taken that last shot? Should it have been drawn up for Pascal? He was wide open and it almost went in, but again, there are other options being down three. More comments. K2's Garnett. Don't worry, Owen. All it takes is one Siakam game winner in the play-in game and we forget about all the misses. <laughs> Well played. Styles said, I've been a huge supporter of this man's channel since the day it started, and he still can't pronounce my name properly. I'm sorry, man. I apologize. I'm sorry. Styles, no? Am I pronouncing that wrong? Tell me in the chat. Tell me at the bottom of the chat. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. There's a lot going on here. I apologize. And then sometimes even though I know I'm saying something wrong, I just say it quickly. <laughs> That's the TV trick. If you, if you just think you're saying something and you're not really sure, you just say it confidently, right? That's what I'm trying. I apologize. And I remember you told me at one point and I forgot my brain. I'm sorry. My brain is fried. I'm tired. There's a lot going on, but let's move on. I appreciate the comments and I appreciate the support above all, right? I appreciate the support. Uh, more comments. Glow Girl Smile again. To be honest, I was expecting a loss, but impressed that they fought hard and almost got the win. Nice COG. He looked like he didn't have any rust. Elijah says, Pascal should have never been put in that position. They were up five with one minute with the momentum. That's a team effort on the loss. I can agree with that. I think there are a lot of mistakes made down the stretch. Um, and there's enough blame to go around, but that's a game the Raptors should have won. You were up with a minute left, couldn't get a stop on Donovan Mitchell, and couldn't get a basket while Donovan Mitchell was getting buckets. So that's a tough one. Seth says, one player on the Jazz shot more free throws than the entire opponent team. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. But my guy was aggressive, consistently. Every single time, and he's throwing himself into the like he's forcing the refs to make a lot of those calls. Whether you agree or disagree, he's taking advantage of the of the rule book of the, and that's just what it is, you know. I, I don't know. I don't like it either. 
But that's just what happened. And the other part is with Utah playing on the second night of a back-to-back, that's a gutsy, gutsy win that a really good team figures out how to get that done on the road on the second night of a back-to-back when, you know, at points he could have just packed it in and just taken the L. But a good team wins those games. And that's a tough one. If you're the Raps, but if you're Utah, it's a big win. Aisha says, we looked good. The energy was there as we had the full roster. We just couldn't finish, though. I'm just glad. I'm just sad that this game slipped out of our hands. Agreed. 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 Annette says, OG looked good. No rust. OG and Anobi. Oh, sorry. I'll continue. This game was. This game at best was a confidence builder for the Raps. OG didn't miss a beat. I agree with the confidence builder for the Raps because the reality is those two next games against, even though it's a back-to-back, even though a lot of your guys are just now coming back from this health and safety protocols list, these next two games against the Rockets and Cavs, if you're the Raps, you got to win those games. Both of them. Now, a split is worst-case scenario, but you have to win both of them. There's no, like, you can't, Let me put it this way. It'd be very tough to still be talking about the playoffs, seriously, if you come out of the next two games still on a losing streak. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it'd be very difficult. You're just making it really tough because those are teams you got to beat. You got to beat those two teams if that's going to happen. So many more comments, so I'm going to keep going. I like the conversation you guys have. A lot of positives from this loss. Great game from the Raps either way. Shows we can hang with a healthy team now that, or sorry, with any team now that we're fully healthy. My reading skills tonight, struggling. What's going on? Azim says, yeah, Rudy annoys me too. Yeah, Rudy Gobert is an interesting character. And, I mean, now he'll forever be remembered as, you know, for his... That shot of him mocking the COVID pandemic with, you know, his hands all over the mics. That's probably going to, like, be a, a what he's going to be remembered for. And the way that he plays, it, it's weird. It's really weird. Because at certain points, you think he should be way more dominant. Like, he should get a lot more points. And then other times you watch him and you're just like, wow, he's a defensive freak. Like, it's tough to score on him. And there were plays where you could tell... Even if he wasn't blocking the shots, he was definitely affecting the shots. Um, So, yeah, got to give him credit on this one. I mean, he played a solid game, got the win for his team, and won the rebounding battle against a team that wasn't playing a legitimate starting center, right? The Raps are going small. So if you're a Gobert, you have to come out with 16 boards in this game, right? 15 and 16 from Gobert. It's a solid performance from him. Right, the Raptors' uh, leader in rebounds was who? Fred Van Fleet with six. I mean, solid team rebounding job. Kyle with five, OG with five, Norm with five, Pascal with five. Solid effort from everyone involved. But this is also a test run for the Raps. Right? Can they play this lineup against other centers? Right? Do you need to play Baines against Embiid? Do you need to play Baines against the Celtics? Do you need? Right, like they're testing things out right now, and so you got to give this a test run. And so far, it did it didn't work in this game, but they were still close. It's not like Gobert. I don't think Gobert was dominating that much that 
you know, you're forcing Bane's minutes or anything like that. So I'm not mad at the lineup. That's just me. And I, and I think you got to go down with playing your best players. It's got to be it. Now, the trade deadline is going to tell everyone a lot because obviously there's a talk of Kyle and Norm, but also there's still the possibility that the Raptors, if they're hanging around, they just add some depth, add some front court depth that might not take a lot for them to get. But if they just get a body that is more serviceable than Aaron Baines, that would drastically help this team, right? Uh, Elijah says Rudy did not look like <laughs> did not look like a dopey or a defensive. Wow, I was reading it as dopey. What is wrong with my reading today? I'm normally not this bad, am I? No, I'm usually on the ball. But this comment says Rudy did not look like a defensive player of the year, and Pascal and Chris had a lot to say about it. Totally agree. Um, visions, another comment, visions of Rudy touching the mics last year, ill. Um, Ali says there were two plays with Mitchell in crunch time where he looks like he lost the ball and then they ended up calling a foul. Agreed. I agree with that. I'm not going to argue that at all, but he built up that much currency with the refs that they were calling anything. Anytime you, you know, grazed them, they were going to call a foul again, right or wrong. That's just the situation. K2's Garnett. It's not about the free throws, but it's the whistle. If you're going to call these soft off-the-ball fouls in a five-point game with three minutes to go, at least do it both ways. See, and here's where I'll counter and I'll say, look at what Donovan was, Mitchell was doing in that same stretch we just described, right? That whole fourth quarter crunch time. I said Donovan Mitchell drove to, the, like, there's the one that... Uh, Ali just brought up in terms of Donovan Mitchell losing the ball, right? But the play that Donovan Mitchell had to tie the game, like that's him going to the basket in crunch time. If you look at the Raptors shots in those same stretch of crunch time, while Donovan Mitchell is getting free throws, it was a Fred Van Fleet missed three. It was a Kyle Lowry missed three. It was a Pascal missed three and a Pascal missed uh, like floater over Gobert. All I'm saying is, and I'm just bringing that up to say, it's one thing to complain about the foul calls going the other way to Utah as opposed to the Raptors, but then also look at the shot selection from the Raptors and could they have used maybe someone driving to the basket just once, hoping or forcing the refs to make a call, the same calls that they just gave to Gobert. Because if you're going to sit on the, on the perimeter and shoot threes, the refs you don't even give the refs a chance to give you the makeup calls that you're complaining about, right? Nate says, man, oh man, Siakam keeps missing these clutch shots. It's a teaser when we think it's going in, but it's not. Free throws certainly did not play in our favor. Totally agree. And says, so the Jazz are the Raptors of the East. We had many of those years, one of the best records in the NBA with no respect. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so many comments. Thanks guys for actually coming in and, and keeping this pod going because I know it's a seven game losing streak, right? And I say this, this is where I know this, you guys are the diehard Raptors fans. And this is why I do this podcast so that we all have a place to discuss what happens after these tough games. Cause you know why? Because when the wins come, it's so much sweeter, right? That's what I'm talking about. Raptors fan in the chat says, great effort by the Raps tonight. And that sounds simplistic, but it's very, very true. 
Very true. Uh, let me see. get to some more comments here. Uh, what first round pick are we... Uh, what first round pick? We are too good to tank. Players won't tank. Playoff experience for players like Malachi. Oh, so there's the argument going on about what the rap should do. About talking about trading Kyle or trading uh, Norm. What are the raps going to do? And as I said, there's going to be a time for that. I'm not there yet. We're almost there, to be honest. But we're not quite there yet. Uh, Scrambles says, Pascal played great, though. We don't care that he missed. It was a bad pass out of the pocket. Um, just keep shooting. I'm not mad at that. Oh, and I got Styles' name right. Yes. See, I didn't miss it up. You know what happens? It's because I'm going quickly, and then I look up, and I'm trying to read. And I'm trying to keep going, and I'm not confident, so I just say what I think confident or what my eyes think they're telling me confidently. But Styles, I will remember that. I will remember that. Or I will try to. <laughs> I shouldn't make promises, right? <laughs> I shouldn't make those promises. Uh, Elijah, we did gang rebound way better. Totally agree. You could tell Nick Nurse emphasized that for this team for sure. But yeah, tough loss for the Toronto Raptors as they fall to the Utah Jazz, 115-112. to 112. Again, the Raptors fall to the Utah Jazz, 115-112. to 112. And for the Utah Jazz... They were able to get plays down the stretch from their main guy, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell made all the plays down the stretch for Utah. The Raptors just couldn't say the same. That was a back and forth affair down the stretch. Super exciting. You know, the Raptors had the lead, then the Jazz took the lead back, and it was a great fourth quarter. Unfortunately for the Raps, they fall to the top team in the league, the Utah Jazz, 115-112. to 112. Raptors losing their seventh straight game first time this franchise has lost seven in a row since january of 2012 donovan mitchell with 31 points 8 of 20 shooting from the floor 15 of 16 from the free throw line and that's what a lot of raptors fans are going to be talking about the free throw discrepancy in this game the utah jazz attempted 41 free throws the toronto raptors attempted just 14 free throws to make it seem even worse, Donovan Mitchell by himself, 15 for 16 from the free throw line. The Raptors as a team, 11 for 14. If you ask a lot of people, that's the ball game right there. But I would also say, what do you do in winning time? Tough loss for the Raps, but overall, good to see OG back in the lineup. Good to see Pascal and Fred have, both have good games in their second games returning to the lineup as well. And the Raptors lose their first of a little tough stretch here. Three games and four nights is a tough one. But your next two games, dare I say, must win games. Going against the Rockets, going against the Cavs. Positive vibes tells me the Raptors better come up with two wins if you have hopes of still making the playoffs. Either way, we'll be right here discussing that on this, the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. Again, my name is Shell Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in wherever you tune in, sending in your comments and questions live on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, or on Twitch. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is Shell Alexander, and I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. 
This is a wrap it up on Blast Raps post game show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.